When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, my talkers. One more hour in studio here with Lori and Julia till the fun at the fair starts tomorrow. Right. What do we have in store for us now? Well, I kind of did love this juicy little story. Well, first of all, Dick Van Dyke is learning how to play the ukulele. And I remember... Awesome. My mom. Your mom. My mom learned how to play the ukulele maybe about eight years ago. Yeah. And probably for a good two years. Yes. Was a ukulele player. player. And thank mm-hmm. you for posting that grand he's mm-hmm. like you're never too old to learn dick no. is 97 my mom Play. and like you know the strings are really close yeah. you don't have to have a wide wingspan on your yeah. hand my mom was did so you cute sh- did you show her the picture i did of i sent it to her yesterday did she like knowing that she had i think we forgot lately? to talk about it last night we were talking about something else all right well <laughs> I think we completely forgot speaking of talking about something so matthew mcconaughey's wife camilla elvis um giving us some very rare insight into her quote-unquote tricky relationship that she has with her mother-in-law, Kay McCabe, who didn't McConaughey, I always want to call him McCogney because that's what Casey yep. calls him. Well, Matthew. it's spelled he calls that him McCogney. way. It's spelled that way. <laughs> that's he, but doesn't he in green lights, didn't he have an estrangement from his mother? Oh, yes, very much so. Like eight years or something? Um, and it wasn't, and he says it wasn't for anything, but she couldn't help herself. She would talk to the paparazzi all the time. She just couldn't help herself. And so he just said, Mom, I'm staying away. I mean, his parents got married, divorced, married, and then they died screwing. That's right. And and she got uh, Matthew's dad caught her in bed with Woody Harrelson's dad. That's right. Who's in jail for killing a judge. Yep. That's right. I mean, there's some good juicy dirt here. So, but we've never but, had Camilla talk. Camilla no, they Elvis were. She said, my it. mom, she didn't mean it, but I'd say, mom, please stop. Please stop. And she couldn't help it. Yeah. Well, she really listened. Listen to this. And, you know, uh, McCogney, Matthew McConaughey and his wife, they did send uh, a couple weeks ago. They sent like a, a private plane to Maui loaded with I saw him and his son things. Levi. Yeah. They're like, we're doing this. We got to mm-hmm. help out. They didn't want to go there because they would just be a distraction, right. but they wanted to send stuff. And right. I just love him. Even though he was a dink to us on the red carpet. No. Aww. I can't remember Bummer. him being a dink. Oh, he was. Julia. What did he do? He completely looked through us like everyone else. Us, well, that's easy to us, do. But like turned his back to us and he was right by us. I mean, we've had other. What year was it? I can't remember. It was that. Dallas Buyers Club, oh, the yeah. year that you got to flirt with Jared Leto and he was charmed with he you. Was, he was. I pushed we, Julia we out. She did. Past the stanchion. I said, Go meet Jared Leto. She he did. wants to meet you. He's your size. <laughs> he really was. He's so cute. They're I got the cutest size. picture of mm-hmm. you guys. 
But anyway, she gave an interview uh, to Southern Living's Biscuits and Jam. Love it. She was asked about his mom because people know that she's been a handful. She's 91. Yeah. And I think she lives on the compound. I think in Texas that they live on. Yeah. Yeah. So here's what she said. She revealed after she first began dating Matthew in Mm -hmm. 2006, his mom started testing her. She did all these things when I first came in the picture. She was testing me. I mean, really testing me. She would call me by all of Matthew's ex-girlfriend's names. Wow. She would start speaking Spanish with me in a very broken way. Wow. Kind of putting me down. I mean, she was mean, all kinds of stuff. And... They're like, well, how did you ever get it on track? Wow. They, she goes, yes, yeah, Matthew's mom did not like me. And she said, I got a modeling job in Istanbul, and I got an extra first-class ticket and I a beautiful her. suite at oh. a nice hotel. And I, she said, Ma, Mac, you're going to come with me. Mm-hmm. The whole way there, the whole plane ride to Istanbul, she's telling me all these stories putting all these things in my head. And when we landed, I was like, okay, all right, let me buckle up. Let me get ready, get ready for this situation. About day three, I was taking her to a room and she again told me a whole other inappropriate story. And she starts crying and I'm like, are you done? I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. And as I put her to bed, I'm like, she is full of, you know what? Mm-hmm. That's when Camilla decided to stand up for herself. I flipped it out on her, brought my spicy Brazilian. I let her have it. I went back at it. Every time she would give me crap, we'd go back and forth. And finally, finally, Mom Mac wow. accepted her. Wow. So she's really... That's a picnic. Piece of work, right? Yeah, that's a picnic. Don't be a toxic mother-in-law to be. Although I will say, don't fall in love with a potential father or daughter-in-law, son-in-law, until for sure after the <laughs> wedding. <laughs> Why? <laughs> because what, what if that? they don't get married? Oh, God. Your heart is broken. I'm, I'm giving my mom's advice. As a woman who's had seventeen son-in-laws, with three daughters, that really Sick? no, because there was there were three other stepkids. Oh, that's right. Yeah, the other kids. That is really it's a really lot. lot. No, that Julie, is a you lot. Can't get, you can't get. You can't get. I only have two it. kids, Lori. Yeah, all right. So I'm not going to worry about the situation. No, I don't think you have to. Mm-hmm. And I certainly don't think you're going to call any of your sons' girlfriends by any of their ex names or be mean to them in no. any way. Like that is mean. not on purpose. That is mean. <laughs> No, that is very mean. Very mean. Mm -hmm. Zendaya is in her erotic phase. And, you know, this is another rollout interview. Last Yesterday we got the Jennifer Aniston on Wall Street Journal. These are from May. From May. And this is Zendaya's the cover of Elle for September issue. Yep. And she was going to be in her first sexy movie. What was it going to be? It's it's Luca Guad... How do you say his name? Guadagino, the guy who did the peaches. Are you talking about... Challengers, yeah, challengers. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. not sure how to pronounce his name. It's no, that's that's it's Guadagnino. What did he's he- Italian and he directed Army Hammer and Timothy Chalamet and Call Me by My Peaches oh. or whatever the hell that call movie me by my call name. Me by my name. Call me by my <laughs> and name. And you're getting Peaches, which is a Justin Bieber song. Well, no, there was a memorable scene with Peaches. Oh, was it? I think so. Mm-hmm. I never saw that. Anyway, Luca is known for sexy movies. Okay. okay. 
And Zendaya is the star of this. And this is where she's the tennis player. Maybe oh, that's in- right. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, so we, this, they, they couldn't pull the interview because originally the challenge was going to, challengers, excuse me, was going to be debuting at the Venice Film Festival. Is it not? No, it's been pushed back to April. Oh, for crying out loud. Because they know that Zendaya needs to promote this movie. It's to make a, it happen. To make the movie yeah, happen. Successful, I agree. And Because um, the other two, though, I they, she's... She's the star. Yes, and she's also, we haven't seen Zendaya do, this is her first erotic movie. Right. We've seen the... Well, what's it rated, R? Yeah, What do you mean by... It doesn't feel erotic, Lori. It's a tennis movie. No, No, it is erotic. It's erotic. Is it? 100%. She, like, has a threesome with the two male leads. Yes. Oh, is that what we call erotic? No, I just thought that was just... She's a Disney (laughs) Channel star. Like, for her, that is erotic. All right. I'm thinking... I just guess she, I wasn't going there. We haven't seen Zendaya in her erotic era. This is a huge step step for her, and um, they don't want to, you know, I mean... Mess this, it up. Well, she also wants to, you know, be involved in the discussion that follows and everything else, sure. because... We haven't seen her be Rue on Euphoria in like two well, and a I half years. Well, I just read something that season three, I don't know, they're trying to keep us in the loop. Like, it's going to happen, but well, a lot yeah. of changes, obviously. Yeah, obviously. But she looks amazing in this cover. She, She's she the ta- most beautiful woman. She really is. But she does talk about um, uh, about La Roche, which is her stylist. And he, last year, you know, said he like quit the business. And there was this big, huge kerfuffle about... La Roach, and he has collaborated with her on every single she's, look. He she always looks the best, amazing. Yeah, and she's used fashion very successfully in her career. Yes, she has to define who she is. And anyway, she spoke about it, and here's what she said: she he she defended her longtime stylist. She did said we she did, did said. she did say we got to the Louis Vuitton show in Paris. This was last year in September. And I had a seat, and he did not have a seat. Oh, wow. And so she backed up for the first time a year later his story that he was really upset that he'd been so disrespected. Right. Always sat next to her. Right. And she's confirming that that is what happened. Did she get up and move to different seats? She said, listen to what she said. When it happened, I said, oh, no, I hope people don't try to create something from this they, as they both realized she didn't there wasn't a seat for him okay but that she tells sat us there. nothing i know it that just told me nothing i nothing. might even fall asleep she said we're so used <laughs> to sitting together we didn't know where to go he didn't know where to go but obviously people want to assume the worst of the situation which is not always easy to deal with and hurtful but it but, is what happened. He did not get a seat. And she did. He, he was dissed. Yes. Or someone made a mistake. Yes. But she doesn't even say that. I ride super hard <laughs> for my team. Roach is involved in everything I do, but she did not, was not able to get him a seat at that show. So to me, she really didn't do anything. But <laughs> she also says this about Tom <laughs> Holland. Let's see if you like this, her divulging. I about like Tom him Holland. so much. Parts of my life I accept are going to be public. I can't not be a person and live my life and love the person I love. But also, I do have control over what to share oh. and what I choose to share. 
It's about protecting the peace and letting things be your own, but also not being afraid to exist. Okay. So much word salad. I just, I really just want to say, just why don't you just be your age for a hot second? I mean, I'll shoot. Tom Holland's very private. Tom. I would just say to her, instead of being so coached with this answer. That just doesn't feel like her. I don't want to share pictures right. of me and Tom in our private life. That, you don't have That's to, it, period. You don't have to say you're protecting the peace and letting, you know, she gave a lot of extra words. I think it she does could, feel very scripted. It mm-hmm. very preps. And that doesn't preps. feel like her. No. Because wow. she's she feels like so natural at this gig. But Tom Holland is very private. So he, is she. And so is she. And Tom Holland lives with his brothers mm-hmm. and he plays massive amounts of golf and loves it. Yes. And he is a carpenter. Yeah. And he, no, and he is. I didn't know that. He's a oh, yeah. carpenter? He loves it. He does not dig the Hollywood scene at all. He yeah. had a hard time. Yep. Uh, I never have finished that show, Crowded Room. You tried to tell us, oh, that just, I couldn't even start it. Mm. Well, he said that that was so intense for him. He has to take a break. Yeah. So he's just chilling. Well, Zendaya tells Elle magazine she considers um, the challenger her first leading lady role. Oh. Oh. Okay. Of her life. And not Euphoria? Well, she's leading lady in the movie. movie. Okay, okay. In a movie. Hey, she has a DCOM. What's what does that mean? <laughs> Disney Channel original movie. Oh, <laughs> and she is the leading lady. Okay. She is the leading lady. But well, maybe she doesn't. This she, is an erotic leading lady. Oh. She's a former tennis phenom who's no longer playing due to injury. It's about the love triangle. Oh yes, between Tashi, which is Zendaya, her husband Art, and her ex Patrick, both of whom are also tennis players. And she plays them and, like. Doesn't yeah. don't the boys have a fair, like the yeah. boys? They are lovers too. Well, they, no, they, they I thought they were brothers. No, no, they're, they're friends. Her, friends, and okay. they have her a threesome. Exes. Yes, yeah. they're both her exes, and they play. She plays them against each other. She marries one. If you in yeah. the trailer for this particular movie, she seems like she has control over all of the relationship side from both of them, and then oh, there yeah. is a threesome aspect involved into it. One she eventually gets married, and then she kind of turns the other one against the other one. By marrying the one, it's a, it's a love triangle. We have not seen no. Zendaya occupy this space. No, no. this looks good. Yeah, that's why it got moved to April, and because you, they know that that movie won't go to anywhere. It. Yes. It's too small of a movie, yes. and originally it was September because we were all excited about tennis after the U.S. Open. Yes, we were. Mm-hmm. All right, there we've put that to bed. But I did like that seven-way conversation. I thought it was very good. <laughs> I liked it, and good input, Grant. Yeah. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, 
Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. All right, listen, when we come back, we get the dirt alert. Hey, everybody, Lori and Julia here for Hammer Exploring Solutions, and we got pictures from the grand opening in Hudson today. Lynn and Ted and the team were all there. They were looking good out looking there. Looking great. Yeah, and so fun. if you live on the eastern side of town in Hudson, would be a convenient place for you to shop for all of your flooring needs. Stop by the new location. And um, it just looks like just bright. You can see all the floors. You can see the colors in everything. And it just looked like a wonderful spot. And people need it over there. So yeah, you can this still be nice for the Woodbury folks. The still, I mean, to yeah. have it that side of town is absolutely. Really great. And if you um, in St. Paul, the OG location is on Rice Street, and then they also have a flooring superstore on Bass Lake Road in One Sixty Nine and the fair. Oh, of course, they have twenty percent off coupon. Um, they are at the fair in the Home Improvement Building. Stop by and get that. That is that's worth something. That's Hammer Yes. Hi, Grant. What is happening with the data? Lab? All right. Well, we're going to start out with a little R. Kelly dirt. Um, oh, no. Yeah. Well, it's it's just it's he's actually going to be paying back some of the money that he owes his victims. Oh, and nice. it's just interesting how this is going to be happening because he's going to have five hundred thousand dollars garnished from his royalty paychecks. And this is interesting because at he the, still makes that much in royalties. Well, that's the interesting part. He doesn't make he still makes a little bit. But so Universal Music Group had been holding a bunch of his royalties privately and it was about 500 it was totaling $567,000 of his money was being held privately and they found the courts had found this out and now they're going to be taking that money cuz he owes just about five just about $500,000 in in re- I don't know if it's restitution or whatever right, it would be right. to to the to the victims It's all for that song Ignition which I hate it that I still like it it's that one song, the only song I like of his. Ignition to, yeah. Ignition, I, yeah, yeah. But, so I just found it interesting that, you know, for how many years now he's owed this money and now it is just coming to light that Universal Music Group has been privately holding $567,000 of his royalties for what? He's bummed they found that out. Yeah, he's definitely bummed they found that you they know, were collaborating with him, it feels like. He, he had a balance of $506,000, which needed to be paid off, and it will be now, and that's the right thing to do. So I just yeah. wanted yep, to... totally. Yep. Um, Angelina Jolie, we were talking about the tattoos on her fingers yesterday, I believe, was that, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Um, now we've got a little bit of information as to what it was about. Some were saying <laughs> that it was potentially a middle finger to her former ex, That's Brad what Lori Pitt. said. Well, that was I've, I've read it all over the Twitter Twitterverse was yes. having fun. Totally. She, a lot of people were in that uh, yeah. thought process. Process, but uh, the paparazzi, of course, and Twitterverse. But however, it has come out that uh, this is Mr. K, who has also tattooed Matt Damon, Michael J. Fox, Doja Cat, and more, uh, gave us a reference that it was not about her ex-husband. And it was, in fact, a dagger that was piercing her skin and a small dagger designed to look like it was piercing the skin of well, her we're finger. We're looking at photos of it. Yeah. A and dagger, photos posted a dagger that yep. is posting that is. Looking like what she's doing, what? It's no, it just looks, it like, looks a, like a, cro- a medieval cross oh, and a dagger. Fine. It's nothing. Yeah, it's, it's nothing. on the, the back side of her middle finger. It's going to be faded away in two years. She'll and have to get it re inked. You're right. Well, especially on your hands with all the soap and water. <laughs> Everything looks I like mean, a prison tattoo <laughs> on your hand. It bleeds or it kind just, of. Like- just know that if you've got some great, great finger tattoo design, well, if you don't like it, it's going to get real faded and just look like. 
ink. Yep, yeah, I get yeah, that. But yep. anyway, she's holding up her hand, waving to a paparazzi in New York, and we see the... The dagger. The dagger. It does not say bleep you, Brad, Brad Pitt, Pitt <laughs> on both fingers. Dang. Dang it, yeah. We are hoping for a little fun there, but... Um, now let's go over to, uh, you know what, let's take this Taylor Swift article. Now this was uh, brought to my attention by our big, uh, Taylor Swift fan, Hannah over here. And I just wanted to see what you guys thought about this. Some of her fans are getting upset with her and accusing her of exploiting them with money grabbing tactics because okay, then they're not Taylor they're Swift not. fans. They cannot they're not accusing fans. her of money grabbing techniques. Okay. You can't be a Taylor Swift fan and attack her. That well, was my first thought. Yes. I was like, I can't believe these quote unquote Swifties are speaking out and they will never say anything. No, mean no, this about is wrong. Yeah. This is this is no, it's on her. Stirring. It's on her in the comments. People it, are mad. People are mad Why? because she's releasing what she does is she's releases multiple versions of these new re-recorded albums with limited time to buy them. Oh. And then, you know, brings out six different versions of the same album with just maybe different colors particular to the vinyl and a few different pictures. You know how I feel about this? Yeah. I feel about this like I feel about you know, many things ambivalent. Ambivalent. Well, well but okay. I think it's kind of interesting because I have to ask as Brittany, no, well, Hannah's a big fan too. I think as a fan, it would be maddening that she is giving you a limited time and then changes it and changes How it quickly. The it fans also, forget. Well, <laughs> How quickly, quickly the you fans forget, forget? You spent two thousand dollars to go to a concert. Come on, people. <laughs> I think, Where's your loyalty? All right, what are you going to say, Hannah? Well, the biggest thing. Oh, I lost my train of thought. Oh, it's just that with the Scooter Braun stuff. The whole reason she's re-releasing stuff is that she can own sure. her music. Yeah. And I think what they're trying to say is like, we're supporting you in that. And the reason we will rebuy these albums right. and these vinyls and these CDs is so that I can listen to your music and not Scooter's version. Right. Yes. However, as she's continuing to make it a money grab, people are like, I don't want to support that. I want to support you. Right. And now people I bought are getting two mad of every that. one of your albums. There you go. Exactly. It's like I'm already buying a second version. So why are you trying to advertise a third and a fourth and a fifth and a sixth and in Midnight's case, a seventh version of me Fine. you have okay. you have has control and you can albums. decide not to buy one <laughs> but she's still trying to it's not about like i understand where you're coming from yeah i don't care your loyalty why you can't just <laughs> get it together we're gonna take you and through the Taylor meter. Swift soldier all the way to the end do not question her she was right about Scooter Braun. They're wild. She was right about Scooter Braun. <laughs> she was. She was. She really was. Oh, wait, how many seven? Do you need seven midnight albums? There's no, six vinyls. Yeah, you don't have to buy any them of them. Oh, God, I love you You don't need that. to. You're yeah. right, though, because, like... Don't buy it, then. Don't, I, I'm a 1989 fan. That's yeah. my favorite album. Yes. Yeah, so so this was that. the first time I've been, like, tempted to buy it. Mm -hmm. And I was sitting there before I knew people were mad about it. And I was like, if I really want the vinyl... I'll just wait and buy the normal one because it's going to be cheaper yeah. and like it's they have fine. limited edition ones that she's also yeah. putting out there. Don't, exactly. Don't fall for the Taylor Swifty uh, red shiny object. Swifty mania. Yeah. Get, get a get a handle of yourself. Get a grip. Get, get a, a grip on yourself, yourself and get a new pair of Barbie shoes. <laughs> That's right. Get there a damn go. grip and keep hating Scooter Braun. <laughs> oh, oh gosh. I got you guys fired up with that one. Hannah, All right. we're gonna miss you. <laughs> yes, we are. We are gonna miss you, Hannah. I <laughs> My could... last day. Mm -hmm. oh, I know. We're gonna I'm miss working you. the fair. I'm working the fair. Oh, You'll you see are. me there. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. But we'll wrap okay. this dirt alert up here with some John Gosling news. He had spoken to Entertainment Tonight about the last time he has spoken to his ex-wife and several of his 
eight estranged kids. He said that he hadn't talked to Mandy or Kara for he didn't even know over a decade. Yeah, I, oh. I watched this interview this oh, morning. How and horrible. She, yeah, she's Kate, evil. She really did the parental alienation oh, with the kids. Horrible. And then she treated her one boy so badly. Because he liked his dad, too. Yep, one of them stayed with the dad. Two of them. The two one, of them. One sister Kelly, and brother. Oh, this she's is, really, I never liked her. No, I, I never know. liked that the Kate Gosling. I was like Taylor Swift about Scooter Braun. I never liked Kate Gosling. <laughs> I, I didn't get that show. I didn't get those people. I didn't get those kids. I thought all of it was awful. I'm with you. That show was very, very, very bad. questionable. Kate and plus bad. eight. John and Kate plus eight. All right. I'm excited so, for this one. Let me get let me get my uh, thought my things together. Okay, so I wanted to. Uh, I thought, gee, nineteen sixty was the last time that the Screen Actors Guild and the and the Writers Guild were on strike together. I wonder how what all what all happened. Okay, and so in Set 20, the stage, yeah, in twenty twenty three, a key issue for both guilds. Then, just like now. Are residuals. Okay. Stars wanted a bigger cut of the feature films that have been sold to TV along with better health benefits, better working conditions. So it's the exact same thing that they're striking about is the same that they struck about in 1960. Oh, wow. And here's what happened in 1960. The studio system in Hollywood was crumbling. It was... um, it wasn't working anymore because that okay. was set up, you know, for 30s, 40s. And in the end, uh, um, maybe in 1960, the, the studios definitely saw the, the actors and the writers as more of their collaborators. Okay. And it feels like in 2023, the studios feel like you'll do what we what, say. What we We're say. The bosses. We're You're the bosses. Our, yeah. Okay. And so the reason for um, the double strike in 1960 was, of course, television. The the technological menace that had transformed the movie business, transformed Hollywood, but it didn't transform the fine print in the employment contracts. Okay. And the writers and the actors wanted a bigger cut of the post 1948 feature films that had been sold to TV because that wasn't included right. in any of those contracts. Right. And they, it was a solid profit. And it was uh, by 1960, I mean, it was like uh, I Love Lucy and all these TV shows, though that's where people were raking in the money. If a, if a network bought any of these old shows, there was nothing for the writers, nothing for the thing. So this is what they went on strike about. Okay. And the history of residuals in the entertainment industry goes back to mechanical reproduction, the old gramophone, all these records, uh, the phonograph. From 1910 on, singers have gotten royalties based on record sales. And um, radio and jukeboxes were the reward system, but the American Federation of musicians is considered the most feared of all performer unions because way back then they were like, it's our music. You're going to pay us. You're going to pay the writers. I mean, that's why like in our project down in dirty last year, the movie, we had to go sing, give my regards to Broadway. There's mm-hmm. so few songs in the public domain that You're you right. can sing for that free. You can sing for free. I mean, that really is so. So anyway, as early as 1932, the musicians, the Federation of Musicians had obtained um, 
the residual thing. They did the battle for it. Okay. And so like they set for, the stage. Really. Yeah. For example, unless an actor and in the studio systems, not very many actors thought of getting a piece of the profit. Like Abbott and Costello, they had they like they, for example, they secured a share of profits for their theatrical reasons, or reissues and TV rights of their universal films and cleaned up. They thought of that thinking forward. Right, Albert and Costello did. Yes, but like the Three Stooges never got a dime from any of their Three Stooges movies that played on TV. Wow. Okay, but because who would think that? I guess you they, wouldn't they, even think they, it. Because they, they were the made in the 30s. Yeah. And they were, it was virtually every TV market had the Three Stooges. So anyway, it's is and basically um, the talent is entitled to get a portion of yeah. all the money that's floating around. So the WGA went on strike first in 1960. A lot of studios knew that they were going to do this and they had stash scripts. So they had a lot of popular TV shows that had like 45 scripts. And so they didn't take it seriously. But then when the actors decided to go on strike, that's when they got nervous. And because Ronald Reagan had been elected to a sixth term as the Screen Actor Guild president. Sure. And um, yes, the Ronald Reagan, who was the president Mm -hmm. of the United States. That's awesome. He was a former Warner Brothers star. On the movies, mm-hmm. downsized to television, and he 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 found himself being you know the president when they walked out on yeah. the strike. They proceeded carefully on the night of February seventeenth, nineteen sixty, at the home of Tony Curtis and Janet Lee. I love this. A uh, hundred SAG members met to authorize the strike, figuring. We stop work. That'll put us in a good bargaining right. position. The Association of Motion. Picture producers, a MPT, yeah, Uh, their position was you don't get paid twice for the same job. You act once and that's it. If we sell your movie to TV, that was their position. Much like the hard line that these Mm -hmm. guys are doing the same thing now. Streaming, yeah. And so on March 7th, they called the strike at Reagan's side was this lawyer guy that kind of had worked on all the contracts, knew all the details so he could... Help when negotiate. They, help negotiate and that also that the residual accounting would be easy, blah, blah, okay. blah. So the decision to strike was not universally popular with the rank and files. Um, Glenn Ford it led a group of about 40 other actors and they were a little bit maybe the older old school and they, they would took the position that actors are not morally justified in striking and causing backlot workers to be laid off. Tony Curtis getting in touch with his Bronx roots, fired back. If Glenn Ford feels our union didn't do a good job, he can join the butcher's union. Okay. <laughs> uh, the gossip columnist had a hopper. Which we who, all do. She made frequent appearances in movie and TV. Mm-hmm. She tried to resurrect the commie pinko past of Hollywood. She did not read the room. She basically took the studio side. A lot of her gossip dried up. Yep. Okay. Okay. And on the night of April 4th, in the middle of the strike, both sides paused to end the 32nd Academy Awards at the Pantages Theater. Reagan had hoped to announce it would be over. The MC was Bob Host, hosting Hope. the Oscars. Bob Hope. Bob Hope. Yeah, sorry. Hosting the Oscars for the ninth year. Yep. He did it. 
A ton. A ton. Welcome to Hollywood's most glamorous strike meeting was his first joke. I never thought I'd live to see the day when Ronald Reagan was the only actor working. Bada bing, bada boom. Yeah, that's kind of funny. And Hope received a huge ovation, when to his surprise, he got the Gene Herschelt humanitarian word. He said, I don't know what to say. Then he did. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game. And you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Delivered a line that would have pleased the Writers Guild. I haven't, I haven't, I don't have writers for this kind of work. And, uh... So, and then one more hope thing. He said, we wish to announce we pay for all the sheet music by our own records and none of the young ladies have been technically augmented here tonight. So he was just ripping, ripping, ripping. A few days later, four days later, they came to an agreement. SAG, the association, um, and what the Guild did, the Actors Guild, they dropped their demands for residuals on movies made from 1948 to sixty. Okay, you can sell them to whomever. But moving forward from this date, we want them. That's right. And they Mm -hmm. also accepted a huge payment to the SAG Pension Fund. Mm -hmm. And all movies made after 1960, actors would receive a percentage of receipts minus deductions for distribution, which is one of the things the current strike, they're trying, they think that there's some funny distribution accounting going Mm -hmm. on. Um, and producer contribution to SAG, they increase like for health care and stuff sure. like that. And Reagan, even then tax averse, pointed out that getting a bunch of money in the pension for people to get mm-hmm. pension payments, mm-hmm. unlike residuals, is not taxable. I love it. So he yep. lobbied for that. Yep. And, um, just, I will just remind everybody that Reagan fired more than 11,000 air traffic controllers in 1981, a legal strike by a legal union. Uh-huh. Just to put a little, a little conch, yeah. <laughs> a little dot on that one. Yeah. Uh, uh, he reminded. You couldn't resist. <laughs> well, I know. I just at the time, he did remind Americans yeah. he was a union man for yeah. that, but he fired everybody. Yeah. 11, yeah. It was shocking. Anyway, then on April 18th, the Writers Guild uh, came to agreement, and um, but the writers had less leverage when the actors settled. So they didn't have, they just used that settlement sure. as a model, and 10 days later yep. made agreements. I feel like this one is, everyone's, well, that was just as bad. You know, work stopped. Work, work completely. Has, work has stopped. Yeah, and that's why the two guilds are in such solidarity. They have to be. If one of them caves, they can go around them. Yeah. There feels like there's a workaround. And there's loopholes because basically that hasn't been updated since, since 1960. 1960. Yeah. There you Do you go. know how much has changed in the landscape? Yeah. Color uh, TV? I mean, yeah, I mean <laughs> not really, so but yeah. much. Yeah. And also, there is some... Funny accounting, accounting mm-hmm. on what they count as distribution and marketing expenses. And this is why sometimes studios will have a movie that made a ton of money and then we hear, oh, it didn't really make that much money. 
You've yeah, you've explained that to me in the past, and I never really understood that until yeah. That, that. There's some funny accounting going on, and yeah. everyone in Hollywood knows it. Yeah. All right, and that was very informative, and that's good. I mean, it's just the like. Exactly. We had no, no. idea. I, I guess yeah. I wanted to know about the last time they went on strike and what it was about. Yeah. And it was about you know all the movies that everybody made getting run on TV and no mm-hmm. one making a nickel. Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. How many times has that been on TV? No kidding. You oh know, gosh, all these funny? movies. Yeah. Wizard of Oz. Right. Oh, wow. Right. You know, I mean, you guys, yeah. you think of all these movies mm-hmm. and none of the not writers, none, no one saw wow. a dime. Wow. So they have to change it. They really do because it's been, there's just too much going on. So anyway, there you all go. Right. Thanks, hon. That is all the right. We're going to be right the- back. Hey everybody, it's Lori and Julia here from Minneapolis Anti-Aging Skin Clinic, affiliated with Minneapolis Plastic Surgery. And one of their philosophies is really, we're not going to try new fads unless they work. We're going to work and make sure that before we recommend anything to any of our clients, we have success with it. People might know them because way back before we ever worked with Crutchfield, we worked with Dr. Jarvis and Dr. Tholen, and it was called Carolyn Skin Care Clinic. Yes, it was. And people do know that. And that was the first place we tried ever Botox. Had Botox, yes. And they do have all the latest cutting edge things with microneedling. And if you've got hair loss, you know, Dr. Crutchfield used to do this with the plasma. Yeah, PRP. Yes. PRP, you making you. Yes. They've and got it all. And they- first time customers. $50 off, a service for $100 or more. Go mm-hmm. to my talk, keyword anti-aging. Really good stuff is happening over there. Well, I'm going to have to ask my friend Teresa about this. Stella McCartney's fashion shoe featuring a naked Kendall Jenner lying on a horse is accused of being exploitive to the horse. The horse. To the horse. She's lying naked on the back of a white pony. I feel like we've seen that before. We have. Come on. Can I Google this at work okay right Yeah, now? you can okay. because um, her hand is covering okay. her nipple. Okay. okay. I'm more offended that she's wearing leopard kind of animal looking boots on a white horse. It's like, why isn't she just laying on a leopard? I don't know. I guess I, I guess the one photo I saw in this photo shoot is I did wonder if they photo... Did photo magic because the horse is rearing up and she's kind of like leaning back like she's fleeing from the horse. And I thought, how did they get them both in that position at one time? And I think, no, they got the horse and then they did that and then yeah. they married the pictures. Yeah. Very, very, yeah. Matrix-esque, if you know what I'm saying, like a Matrix move. Yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> they just, she's surrounded by ponies. It does seem a little tone deaf for Stella McCartney, who is and Kendall Jenner, Yeah, and Kendall Jenner already got in trouble, remember, with the Coke or the Pepsi thing? Whatever oh. that was mm-hmm. all those years ago? Oh. The big thing? Okay, I have to remind people this yeah. week, if the pawn shop, you know, the pawn show is filming this week. Yeah. Pawn stars do America. Yes, that's happening this week. If anyone's over at the Semple, um, you know, mansion, yeah, they don't want people going over oh, there. They don't. So I don't know why you're telling us All that. Right, well, they said I no can't looky see because my eye is hurting me. Remember, they told us, yeah, no looky lose. <laughs> you listened to that part. I didn't. <laughs> yeah, let's go back to Kendall Jenner and the horses. Now I'm looking at a beach picture, and she's got like six Appaloosas running around. Her. Well, <laughs> good for her. Well, I, do you remember Adam Dreyer did some kind of photo shoot for he, Cologne perfect. with the horse? Yes. And they he were became at, a horse. 
Yes. He became a horse man. He turned man. into a centurion. He or turned what's into that horse a called? centaur. centaur. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's this in, I think, either LaGuardia or JFK. They had these poles with him on it, but you could only see his naked torso up next to a horse. And I was like, mm, this feels wrong in hey, a lot of ways. Oh, we made fun of that yeah. so hard because we're like, <laughs> do we want a man who turns into a horse? No. Yes, we've heard about men who are hung like stallions and we're it's scared like of them. We're scared, we're scared of them, yes. quite frankly. <laughs> It's literally Equus, and I don't know how I feel about that. I don't (laughs) feel good about that show at all. And I remember when Harry Potter started in it. um, Uncle Vernon was also in it together. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's a god horse sex in it, which, but not between horses, but between all the wrong people, (laughs) all the wrong things. My sister was in it in high school. Why would your high school even put that on? Don't know. It was a one act and they got these giant football players to be the horses. Oh my God. Minnetonka High School. Minnetonka Theater. That seems very progressive. Yes, it does. Yeah. They have a very good theater department. Yeah. They do. They did do. It, did it cause a kerfuffle with I don't people? know. You I don't was know. like six. Okay, got it. <laughs> My sister was a sophomore, right. and she played the girlfriend. There really and is that's a big gap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's eight years older than me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like a whole nother world. Yeah. It yeah, is. Basically. <laughs> that is, yeah. I, I remember <laughs> hearing about that play when it first opened on Broadway. and I can't remember who uh, was the original star of it. And I remember... Probably read about it in my damn Vanity Fair. And I remember thinking, who would want to see this show? (laughs) Even though I know, like, Uh, it was... Was it it the guy from uh, Tom Holsey? Was it the guy from Amadeus? I can't Oh, gosh. Peter Firth? Huh? Peter Firth? Mm. Oh, maybe that was who it was. It didn't do anything for the person's career. That's all I'm going to (laughs) remember about that story. I mean, but then they got Daniel Radcliffe to play it, like you said. So. But like, who but wants he to even was, go to that? Yeah, but he was trying to very deliberately bust away yeah. from Harry yeah. Potter. Yeah, he needed to get uh, that By starting in a show with his castmate from Harry Potter. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> well, about a man who loves a horse in a way that people are not comfortable with. What a nice with. way to say it. With a man who loves a horse. horse. <laughs> and not in the way that people approve. I like that. No. I'm not bringing this horse home I to like be my best. mother. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm bringing the donkey. <laughs> Equus walked so that Bojack Horseman could run. Right. That's all I'll say. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, oh. so I know you didn't watch this, Lori, and I, I'm sure you didn't. Just get. like you didn't watch Real Housewives of New York to see that epically bad bachelor or uh, anniversary party. Oh, so good Oof. and painful. I didn't. Mm-hmm. I didn't. But um, The Gilded Age, season two, um, Max, or eight, they say HBO, uh, has given us a date. It's going to come out on October 29th. And this is Julian Fellows, who created Downton Abbey. Yes, this is I, his, there's no reason I haven't watched this, well, but I will be. The characters in the first, you know, this is like the late 1800s when you've got the old money and the new money. referring to the Gilded Age. Yes. That's what that time is well, called. Well, I know. Okay. Well, I'm just telling people when it is, you know. All right. Jeez. I thought, I thought that, everyone knew the Lord, Gilded you, Age. I, you think everyone knows everything. I know, I do. We learn, you really do. <laughs> I, I have high expectations. <laughs> I, I, and I don't mind that at all. But anyway, it was... It was, so it's like 1880 it was, to... Yeah, and it's the Astors, the and it's, you know... Um, Vanderbilt, the, It's New, new Money, York. Old Money, What Do We Do? And Carrie Coons is the New Money. And it um, she's fighting to get into society, and no one wants her. And, and Is it, Cynthia Nixon in this one? She yeah. is. 
She is, and so yeah. is Christine Baranski. It has a ton of Broadway people in it, yeah. actually. It's, it's very, I I liked it. I know I would love but it. But it's it's not a lot. You kind of, it's, it's a, a slow burner. Carrie Coons is a hard actor to like because she's so cold well but she's so like good as the she is but wasn't she in a fargo tv season she was was, was in the fargo one yeah but she she's just a but i really you grow to like it i didn't love it yeah initially but season two's coming out i don't know how to feel about this endorsement well i'm gonna tell you (laughs) i liked watching it i watched it all i grew to like it sometimes you don't love things the first thing but you know what we watched last night (gasps) Justified the new edition or whatever. Oh, it's so good! Are I you told caught you. Up? No, I'm not caught up. Oh. We only the, uh, those are hour long. They are. You're right. Yeah. They're yeah. hour long. Yeah. Isn't um, it nice to see Raylan Givens? Oh, oh my, my word! God. And there's a headline in the paper today that kind of spoiled is, it. No, oh. is about oh. what is happening in Michigan to somebody right now. Is kind of oh. mirroring what's happening because happening. Ju- it's justified. I, yeah, primeval. It's like it's. Like ten years after, maybe twelve years after the last Justified, and based on the and it, the, the story books. moves to Detroit, and yeah. whoa, whoa, that guy is a bad guy. Oh, it's good. It is. It's good, but wait, I only made it through like one. Yeah, that's intense. Yeah, it's a very intense show. That's on FX, and then I guess it's it's on, on Hulu. Hulu. Mm-hmm. It's on the Hulu next too. day. Yeah. Yes, it does. All right, we'll see you at the fair tomorrow, people, and the people who don't see us there will be on the air tomorrow. And won't we? And Hannah, nice seeing you. Yes.